Well, the good news is they're coming home. Bad news is they lay a stinker on the way back. We'll talk about it and more on Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday night, February 11th, 2021. The Sharks lose and lose badly to the Los Angeles Kings 6-2. to two. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. We do this after each and every single Sharks game. So if you want to be part of the show, here's how you do it. Teal together and interact with us with and with fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, you name it, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. Oh, boy. Um, pleased to be joined by Kevin Lacey. Kevin, g- good evening to you. How are you doing, bud? I feel like I'm experiencing a semblance of Groundhog Day because just a couple of hours ago I recorded the latest episode of In the Reef and I guess it's also Groundhog Day because it's back to the same old issues for the sharks as well so we're gonna talk about it though and we're gonna try and make this enjoyable for all of you out there so thanks for joining us tonight all right. Oh, boy. We already see a bunch of chat uh, going on, so we'll get to that before we break down. But, of course, Kevin, good to see you. We'll, we'll mention Indrief three, four hundred more times during this broadcast. Oh, you guarantee it. <laughs> the real reason you have this have me on this show tonight is because I'm usually the one person on Teal Town USA who sticks up for Martin Jones. <laughs> Find out whether or not I actually do tonight. Stick around, folks. Oh, boy. All right, let's get to some of your comments in the chat. We'll get to that before we break this down. Uh, definitely getting that was an unacceptable game. I don't understand how the Sharks go from the end of that second to that in the third. Uh, you know, you are, you know, Fangio, I hate to love this team right now. Uh, Richard Duvalis, who's also a noted Canucks fan, all my teams suck. So does the <laughs> radio stations up there. No, no offense. Um, you know, uh, Nolan's long snappy win and shootout get blown out in regulation. Sounds like a cycle for success. Uh, Vegas might put a, put ten on us right now. Well, I don't know about that. Well, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think if we get... are they even playing games anymore. <laughs> they played tonight, yeah. and boy howdy! Uh, if you didn't see that one, um, prepare your eyes. If if Laurel can rally the donations for the wraparound, because uh, we're we're gonna need at least twenty likes and and a donation for that to happen. Uh, Denver Doyle already saying enough is enough. You know, going with can we buy him out? Uh, Anthony Sanchez saying, I'm starting to question the coaching of this team. Uh, it makes you wonder a lot in, in the chat. So, you know, uh, and of course, Ruben, 21 pucks. It only gets better from here, right? Right? Could be worse. It this could be the post-game show from that avalanche game. 
it could it could could be worse it could be the 92 93 sharks and uh you know i mean at least they score one and then give up the 13 after that but <laughs> oh boy all right so the sharks picked up a win uh after being up to nothing they blew a lead to la the the night before last uh you know it's you know you would think that they were looking good and uh no didn't uh dubnik would have gotten the start for for the sharks in this night uh but uh he is day-to-day with what they're calling a lower body injury devin please get back soon uh so first period you see three goals by the by the LA Kings. Uh the first one was on the power play on Kopitar with it you know, after Burns takes a uh a holding call and uh that looked bad. I thought it was a great shot by Kopitar goes top shelf for Mama Hides the Cookies, past Dumix or excuse me, Jones's glove, uh and uh one nothing after that. And then midway through you see uh Carl Grunderson uh, you know, kind of just get hit with the puck, and it's just like the second time we've seen this on on uh, this season where a guy just gets in the way of hitting the puck, and uh, you know, gets it passed through a, a little bit of a hole for Jones to make it two nothing. Uh, then the Sharks would get a power play, and we all know about the power play woes there. You know, one for thirty entering entering the night and and i thought they played a great power play in early on 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 this one kevin and then after that after all that hard work thinking that maybe they'll cut the lead in half it gets cleared right to wagner who comes out of the box from bjorn foot and he beats jones like a rented mule it's three nothing just like that Oh boy, yeah, that was that was not good uh, on those three goals. Um, and this is where this is where I can't defend Martin Jones tonight. That very first goal with Andre Kopitar, um, it it kind of drives me nuts when fans are like, "How how does he not stop that for ninety five percent of the goals that any Sharks goalie seems to give up?" But that was that was one where it really was. How does Martin Jones not stop that? Because his positioning was very poor. Uh, that was not a good angle for Kopitar to be shooting at, considering how big Martin Jones is. He was not at the top of his crease. Like I mentioned, his angle was poor. His glove was down. He should not be getting beat up high like that. Um, from that angle so that that was bad the grunstrom one that's one of those a it happens uh, that that sucked but you 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 deal with it you move on from that yeah the power play looked fantastic evander kane was really flying for at least the first half of the game he was <laughs> i thought for sure he was going to get two tonight um, now, uh, someone else got two tonight and it wasn't Evander Kane, but the way this started out, I was like, oh man, he looks determined to not let Cal Peterson get the best of him. Right. Um, that power play, he had that open net chance off a rebound from, I, I can't remember if it was Marlowe. Um, but yeah, then 
for the puck to go back the other way. You know, good good timing by the Kings with Wagner coming out of the box. And that's one that I would like to defend Jones on. You know, uh, Wagner makes a nice forehand backhand move, but Brett Hedekin said it on the broadcast. Martin Jones, why are you that deep? Like, I, it is a breakaway, sure, you know. Um, it doesn't really favor the goaltender. Right. But Martin Jones did himself no favors by being so deep in the crease that— you know, even if Wagner goes forehand, backhand, and Jones is being aggressive on that, and he gets beat, okay, whatever. But the fact that Jones wasn't aggressive at all made it that much easier for Wagner to pull off that move. Yeah. So that was... Yeah, that Those first three goals were not good, man. Yeah. <laughs> not good, folks. It wasn't pretty. Uh, Phil Dunbar in the chat... Uh, saying uh, Jones' play was rough again tonight. Positioning used to be a strength in his game. Uh, you know, I've I've complained a couple of times for uh, that he's not hugging the post, and they're getting some of those by him, especially on the glove side, and, and just didn't seem like his optics aren't there. It's like you need to try to make sure you're you're if you're getting if you're deep in your net, make sure you're hugging the post and everything. That's not there coming in deep not happening you should be out a little bit more some these are things that that if getting to Bakov need to teach him uh and i know that he ha he had a good run uh when the pause hit last year uh i just think it's it's just a need uh of getting back to that I think Martin Jones gets too much flack. And I think that uh, under normal circumstances, I feel like the fans do need to just cut the goaltending overall a break. But with that performance, that's not going to do him any favors. And that you're right, Eric, like Evgeny Nabokov. And it, it, it's also hard because, yes, he Nabokov has the tutelage from Warren Strelow, but it's not like Nabokov has a whole lot of coaching experience. Yeah. So it's not the blind leading the blind, but you wonder if Martin Jones, and, and it's, I don't want to attack Evgeny Nabokov on this, but you wonder if a more seasoned goaltending coach would be beneficial for Martin Jones. I'm not saying fire Nabokov, anything like that. I'm just saying you wonder if in a different situation, Martin Jones would be able to figure it out right. faster. And yeah, in that this, at this point you got to, uh, you got to find something, you got to find something quickly because honestly, at this point you are concerned about your career. I mean, things have just fallen off. The rails. Uh, I, I'm not even, I'm afraid to look at his stats tonight. Uh, yeah, it's, and I, I I know that his save percentage has been poor all year. Yeah, but I don't feel like his play has been poor overall. I think his play has been all right for vast stretches of this season so far. But the last people saying, "Oh, Jones stinks it up yet again tonight." Like I thought, Jones was fine the last couple of games. He did. He was scary in overtime that yeah. last game as uh ian pointed out no doubt about that but boy oh boy with dubnik out you'd like to see jones 
take the ball and run with it. And Bob Bugner basically alluded to that in the in his post game right. press conference. Bugner looked defeated, like he just sat there looking like the 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 and this just the sour villain who's got a crown who's supposed to be wearing his crown almighty and it's like tilted on one side and he's just yeah. like, someone give me a cigarette. Like <laughs> I felt bad for Bob Bugner uh, in that in that. It's interview. it's tough. And let's get to some of those comments that Bugner had. Uh, thank you, AJ, for these. That goaltending is not up to our standard, and I'm sure it's not up to Martin's. Uh, I was I was thinking of putting Melnichuk in after the third goal, and in retrospect, I should have. Uh, but I challenged Jones in the first intermission. Uh, I thought we won the second period, and we'll get to that in a minute, But even though we didn't play that well, but you can't spot teams three goals. We had plenty of chances in the game. We didn't capitalize. Um, and, and some other st- items from Couture, we didn't play good enough, and we got what we deserved. Yeah. I mean, it, that's that's the thing. Uh, we do have some uh, Super Chat donations that we should say, and coming from the, from the other side, so Kopitar11, Thank you. Congratulations on the victory. Uh, here's a few pity bucks. King's probably going to get shut out three games in a row after this one. Well, for our you sake, know, I hope so. But, you know. One thing I've noticed about King's fans, maybe it's just been lately, but I've, I've noticed it, is King's fans are keep it pretty realistic. <laughs> like they're, I feel like King's fans are pretty willing to admit when their team is not good, but they're also pretty willing to shove it down your throat when they are good. Yeah. <laughs> but I, they're, they're true. I'll, I'll give Kings fans that. Uh, super chat donation from Nolan's long snapping, four ninety nine. Thank you. So I would assume that means that our wraparound is uh, been activated. So, you know. Uh, let's get to the, uh, unless there's some more super chats, let's get to the second period because yeah. believe it or not, it was positive. Yes, it's it's like, We've secretly replaced the second period with the third period. Let's see what happens. And, uh, you know, I try. And, Kevin, you can back me on this. I try not to gripe about the officiating. Mm. But uh, the penalty that Mario Ferraro got for interference in the middle frame, I thought was just... uh, absolute bull kapuki i thought that was battling positioning even Hedekin can sound like he was pissed off and was gonna fly to la and tell the refs about it for crying out loud um i i like jeff carter being like yeah you got me <laughs> wait wait what oh not me oh power play cool hey, hey. <laughs> like yeah the officiating you know this game was not about well the loss, the Sharks' loss is not about officiating. No, but absolutely not. But to say officiating didn't have a role in this game would be a lie. Right. Because the officiating for the second half of the game, if not for the second and third period, was pretty poor in a, a number of instances. Not just penalties, but just plays like puck played with a glove or a high stick, you know, little things like that. I felt like the officials weren't even getting right. Um, that's going to be my official gripe right there. Yeah. Cause I don't want to really harp on that, yeah. but it, it, you're right. It was not good. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. And even there were, I think there was a Kempe slash 
uh, later in the game that I was like, really? That's a slash? You're calling that a slash? Like, come on. Uh, the player, if there's a player of the game for the Sharks, it was Tomas Hurdle who finally broke out of his slump. He had one goal in nine games. Uh, he got one late in the first. He got another one in the second. Uh, and honestly, you're going in at a third period thinking, okay, this isn't bad. This isn't bad. Uh, however, the third period would fall apart. And Hurdle would say after this, and I'm going to do my best to much Hurdle impressing it here. Yeah, for sure. We wanted two points, but we didn't play like last game. So we don't play like we need to. <laughs> that was pretty good. I thank you. Yeah, for sure. That was worth a super chat. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the third period goes on, and it's just, you know, it, it's just, my goodness gracious. Um, yeah, Eric, I, I felt that going into the third period, I was thinking, we are, the Sharks are so going to tie this game. Yeah. Like, I almost texted a friend of mine who's a Kings fan and said, you better watch out, because... I'm very certain the Sharks are going to get their third goal here in the first two minutes of the third period. Because I'm not saying the Sharks were great in the second. It was obviously their best second period in who knows how long. But I didn't. I wasn't impressed with the Kings the first two periods of this game. Like I, I felt like the Sharks had the puck for good portions of it. Mm -hmm. So I thought we were going to see a tie game early in the third. Little did we know. No. In, or little did I know. Right. And Chris, you're making a great point that Kevin's doing. If we're being positive, they did put in a solid 30 after being down three. Wheels came right. off after that 4-2 goal. I mean, even in the third period early on, I thought, ooh, they're coming on strong. They're trying to get, they're trying to get this thing tied up. And then a bad defensive breakdown from – partly Vlasic but I, I hate to hate to preach it but partly from from Eric Carlson too sets up Anderson Dolan's goal uh, to make it 4-2 you know about five minutes into the third period yes another goal five minutes in uh, and, and it's just you know that was a backbreaker and then things just fell apart from there you know Kane takes a, a dumb slashing penalty uh, and then, then the chaos began, you know, uh, Burns interferes with Brown. I think it was more of a high stick than anything, at least the IFL scoring, but Brown goes right into Jones. So of course, and naturally Bob Bugner is going to challenge it. And I was like, oh, he ran into him. I get it. Nope. That's not going to happen. It's, that's a goal. And, and of course, because Burns was getting a penalty as well. LA has a five on three and then Jeff Carter makes it six, two, and then kaput. That's it. I mean, that, that, that did them in. Um, that was a frustrating goal. The one that was counted that led to the two man advantage for the Kings. I think I understand where the officials were coming from on that in that, Burns high sticked Brown go. Of course it was Brown. Why wouldn't it be Dustin Brown? Mm -hmm. But Burns high stick Dustin Brown and he goes into the net. But because burn of Burns high stick, that's what allowed that goal to happen. But to me, the, I believe the intent of the rule and I usually end up getting uh, proven disproven on these. But I believe the intent of the rule is. If Burns were to say push 
Brown into Martin Jones, then yes, that's absolutely the defenseman's fault. And that goal should count. In this particular case, Brown is charging hard to the net. He gets high sticked. I'm not saying Brown should have to, should be expected to stop in that situation because he just got a stick in the face. Right. So, you know, you're losing your all semblance of what's happening in that moment. But, you know, that's that's an accidental situation. It's not like Burns intentionally hit him, interfered with him or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's incidental contact. And I think that's why Bob Bugner challenged that. Yeah, um, I'm surprised it was upheld. Um, and then. Yeah, it just it, it snowballed from there. Right. And, and it's those little things. It's those little things that you 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 have to persevere from uh, that this team needs to achieve and had in past. I mean, it, it's it's a frustrating way because you, you see how this team was on it, you know, before that four two goal and it just falls apart um, and they need everyone out there. And look, hurdle hurdle says you know, we need everyone every night. It just can't be one line. And, yes. And, you know, we, Ferraro, we take it, have to take it shift by shift. I have to be careful saying that one. Uh, sometimes our confidence gets a lull when we're playing at a deficit. We learn from the mistakes and move on. Um, now, this one's interesting from Ferraro himself. I thought Jones played well. That breakaway goal is on me. He's hard on himself, and that's a good thing. We have to do a better job playing in front of him. I mean, so you're definitely getting a, uh, you're definitely getting a, uh, it is what, let's go back to hurdles, uh, quote there. Also, I thought that was hilarious. What Richard wrote in the, in the chat, but, uh, going back to hurdles quote about, uh, we need more than (laughs) one line to contribute the number of times that I have, when I haven't been on Teal town after dark that I've been in the chat and I've seen people say, well, the Donato line played really well tonight mm-hmm. or the fourth line played really well, you know, whatever it is. That's been that's been the thing is. Why are we praising this line did really well? Like, I feel like as Sharks fans, we should be mad that we're only praising one line yeah. and it's always a different line every single game. Like when? Even in the wins, because we still only have one regulation win, when are we going to be able to say this team played well? This team played well enough to win. We haven't really said that much at all. Maybe, maybe one of the Blues games at the beginning of the year. That's that's what's aggravating for me. The, the other thing, too, is the I mean, it didn't happen tonight, but the inability to, for them to hold a lead, let alone a, a multi-goal lead. And that is part of a problem here that keeps falling apart with this team. I don't get it. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't understand why this team is falling apart with holding leads if they're so lackadaisical or or in or in any of or any of that. I mean, it's. It's tough to see. I'm getting, you know what? I'm actually getting a text from uh, Sam Tagason, uh, you know, viewer of the show. Hey, Sam. Sam showed up in my uh, 
my Twitter recently. So I thought, <laughs> hey, what's up, Sam? He, he actually, you know, uh, I, I, of course, I'm in the East Bay. Sam's not that far from me, so I'm going to have to kidnap him to get on here, get him on here sometime. Uh, but he's saying, what do you think of on Bob calling out Jones? Personally, I think he knows Jones has got another level and he just wants to see it from him. He had a bad game tonight, but he's also got our only wins. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts Vegas and gets the shutout. Well, you just jinxed him, Sam. (laughs) You should know better that you're a goalie. Uh, Definitely a tactic coaches use to call out players when they want more from them and know that they can be better. Um, What do you you think of that, of him essentially calling out Jones, which we both were saying, wow, before we went on air? Right, right. Um, I think this is Bugner throwing his hands up and said, I'm done playing nice about this situation. Like, what what else do I have to lose at this point? Like, I'm Bob Bugner and I have tried every other approach right now. It's time for the Tortorella approach, I guess. I don't know. Um, And the thing of it is, it's like Bob Bugner said, like, Jones needs to be the guy. He doesn't need to stand on his head. And maybe that's part of what Jones' problem is. Maybe his mentality is, oh my goodness, I have to make the save every single time. And, you know, you obviously want your goalie too. But maybe he's psyching himself out. I don't know. We've been theorizing this now for a couple of years about Martin (laughs) Jones. Um, But Bob Bugner's correct that Jones has to be the guy. First, he's being paid to be the guy. And secondly, you know, a lot of people on Twitter tonight were saying, let's bring in Alexi Melnichuk. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I saw in the chat someone said, thought about bringing in Melnichuk way earlier into that game. That was a Booger quote. It was a Bugner quote. There you go. Um, that concerns me. Like, obviously, I'm a Barracuda guy. I just recorded in the reef earlier mm-hmm. tonight. It's available on Tealtown USA. <laughs> But Alexei Melnichuk in his two games against Tucson didn't look very good. He wasn't bad. He just looked like a goalie who needs considerable time adjusting to playing in North America. His angles were poor. He had trouble seeing the puck through any bodies whatsoever, including if I was my 165-pound body in front, I think Melnichuk would have a hard time seeing so those are the types of things that concern me. So when people are saying, bring in Melnichuk because Jones isn't doing it, you're right. Jones wasn't doing it tonight. He had a terrible game. But Melnichuk, for me, is far from NHL ready. I don't think Koronash, sorry, it's Joseph Kojanash. I don't think Kojanash is Bless ready you. either, but I think he's at least more ready than Melnichuk right yeah. now. So it, there's no winning situation with this. I, I would have rather, I think when Melnichuk came in the game, the timing was right. But I wouldn't have brought him in any earlier because I think you risk spoiling a very, very young goalie. Remember what happened with Mikey DiPietro, oh, I think yeah. two years ago yesterday yeah. against the Sharks. Mm-hmm. They threw him in. Obviously wasn't ready. What the Sharks lit him up for eight goals in the first twenty three minutes of the game or something like that? Right. Richard Devalos would know. <laughs> no. Sorry, Richard. Sorry, Richard. Yeah, no. Uh, it, that's the thing is, if you're going to throw him out there, it's going to be rough to uh, to. Uh, it's like welcome to the NHL, kid. You're, you need reps. You know, I think uh, 
Uh, Ian just said it himself. Reps on the North American ice are huge. Is huge. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, the, Look at Mantis Armalis. He never adjusted. Well, he was doing he, so many photo shoots over here. I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, yeah, you would have thought Mantis Armalis' angles would be great because he'd always know where the camera was. But maybe boom! that was his problem. He knew where the camera was and not the puck. Boom, right there. Yes, you would think so. Uh, Chris has in the chat, the problem with Jones is consistency. At best, he can give you a good stretch, but it's been the better part of five years since he's strung together more than a dozen good, great games. I mean... It, it was, Richard. It was an emergency call. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it's not like the Sharks planned to have Milnichuk backing up tonight either. It wasn't the same type of situation that Vancouver was thrust into. But Melnichuk has two games. Sorry, if you want to count the two-thirds of an AHL preseason game, I guess... You can you can include that. Yes, he's got almost three games worth of experience on North American ice, and he looks like a goalie who doesn't know his <laughs> angles yet. He is very talented. That's why everyone's excited about it. Yeah, but just because you have the talent doesn't. Joachim Blickfeld has an NHL ready shot. Doesn't make him an NHLer. Melnichuk has NHL level athleticism. Doesn't make him an NHLer. There are other things. And and here comes, I'm sure in the chat we're going to see it. Martin Jones doesn't have NHL ready anything. Uh, but uh, I'm not. I hate to use uh, quotes, but you know, you can't live on talent when you don't have enough talent alone. I mean, seriously. I and mean, seriously, uh, Chris, you're not going to give out my phone number as the Teal Town text line. I'm not going <laughs> to let that happen. Uh, you know. Ian saying, if you're Bob, though, what can you say? He didn't sign Jones. He didn't choose not to buy him out. He's got to work with the tools that he's been given. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's the tough, you know. Uh, Phil saying, to your point, their team could really use a boost. We can't discount the toll that the long road trip has taken, but still they fully need a team win. Yes, but yeah. they do have. They did come home for a week, you know. Uh, congratulations to the Sharks finishing off the second longest road trip in NHL history. Of course, the longest road trip to begin a season, uh, twelve games. I the only the only one that was different was the fourteen that Vancouver did uh, because their arena was going to be used for the Olympics in twenty ten. So that was even staggered for a bit. Uh, so for consecutive games on the road, the, uh, congrats Sharks. And they have two of the three longest road trips in NHL history. Uh, I thought so. Yeah, they had that 10-1 uh, in 1999 when, I guess, concerts. February? And, yep, it was a February when the tennis tournament was in town and everything. So yeah. um, overall, not a good night. Uh Martin Jones stats, oh, God, I I hate doing this because yeah. it's it's tough, because you I mean, he got you to two wins away from the promised land, but Jones on the night twenty uh, saves on twenty six shots, a seven sixty nine save percentage uh, on that one, which brings his total for the year to uh, a three point seven goals against average and eight seventy eight save percentage. Uh, I I. I mean, it's just yikes, you know. Um, 
it's just yikes indeed uh they kept showing carlson on the bench near the end of the third i don't know if he got benched Uh, i was wondering that too i was gonna ask you the same question or ask a question about it because i i was thinking when was the last time i saw eric carlson not on the bench uh so that i mean Oh, that got me laughing there. Melichick currently has a 1,000 save percentage. He does, but did what he make? Five saves. Three saves? Five saves. Five okay, saves. yeah. Yes. See, that that's the best outcome of this game. There are two good outcomes. I actually thought Nikolai Knizhov, and I know the chat earlier on was really high on Nikolai Knizhov. Yeah. Um, I actually thought he played pretty well, and he did finish with a plus one and an assist in a very lousy game, so that's impressive. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his ice time was. I can't imagine he had that much. Uh, but he had sixteen oh nine. Oh, see, so um, I that's that's good deployment. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really good for him. I don't think he's got a lot to bring to the table, but I think he is serviceable. So if as long as it's positive things, then you know that's what you want from a young def- a young undrafted defenseman, no less. Right. Um, who wasn't even playing in the KHL when the Sharks signed him. So uh, that's a positive. And then the other thing is the Sharks had the puck for most of the time that Melnichuk was in the net, so he didn't really face anything difficult. Because, yeah. uh, I, like I said earlier, I was quite concerned, even in a 10-minute spell, you know, you, I, I thought the propensity was there for him to give up a goal on his first three shots like within his first three shots again not because he's not talented just because he's not ready yeah and you got to be ready and you got to be prepared uh and and honestly i i kind of expected a loss tonight because i think these guys are ready to come home i mean yeah you can't come home to to fans but i mean shoot it'd be nice to see some of these guys you know Get some time at home. Granted, there's a boatload of new COVID protocols now in the NHL. Um, you know, it's uh, it's crazy. And, and so I see Mario Ferraro had more ice time than Brent Burns and Mark Edward Vlasic. That kind of mm. speaks volumes, you know. And and granted, with the game out of reach, and, and I'll ask you this too, bringing in Melnichuk, you know, with nine eleven to play in the game, and Ek sixty five and Burns not getting their usual time on ice late in the game, what is is that kind of signaling a white flag saying this is done? We're gonna we gotta get some. You know, we're we're giving up. We're just gonna you know make this all garbage time and go home. Absolutely. Uh, and what kind of precedence does not, that send I, in that case? I think it's... You can say it's a message from the coaching staff saying, hey, since you guys didn't want to play for 60 minutes, then okay, we're just going to mail this sucker in then because that's what you guys are doing here in this third period. Because again... The Sharks looked poised to tie this game in the third, going into the third. Yeah. Every, those first three goals sucked, but the Sharks were still in the game. And they laid an absolute egg in the third period. So, 
given the weirdness, I guess, of the schedule and for how long they've been on the road, I don't I don't blame the coaching staff for for taking that approach. But you do hope it inspires some players. Yeah. Um, Patrick Marlowe, minus three tonight. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Kineshoff was the only player that was a plus tonight. Yeah, I figured <laughs> I figured that. Um, and I don't I I don't think Patrick Marlowe is playing poorly. He's just been a guy. Yeah. And the problem that I noticed with Marlowe, with Carlson and with Vlasic tonight and other people have said this in the chat in previous games is they need to pick up the pace. Like that goal, the, the tic-tac-toe goal by Anderson Dolan, I believe that was the 4-2 goal. Yeah. Uh, Vlasic and Carlson, sure, they're more or less watching. I don't think it's so much watching because positionally, they're kind of there. But they need to step it up. Yeah. Literally step it up because everyone else is playing faster than what that pair is playing. Right. And so tic-tac goals shouldn't happen, but the league the league is fast enough that the defense should be anticipating that play. Right. Absolutely. So with Marlowe in the first period, Marlowe had a couple of great chances in on the power play. Big time. And I was thinking Marlowe scores those if he's younger because he's got faster hands. And in this day and age, even the so-called slow guy. I would consider Nikolai Kanijov a slow guy, but he's not slow. Yeah, he's got good good skating ability. But a guy like Marlowe should be able to score. Uh, should should not be getting outpaced by Kanijov. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like Marlowe historically always has the hands, always has the speed. He's 41 years old. I'm gonna give the guy a break. But we need goals out of him. Like, we need goals out of everybody. And it's not just Marlowe. Nobody can afford to be getting outpaced by the other team, by the taxi squad guys like Kanijov. All, all uh, I'm going to say is, and you know this as a longtime Sharks fans, in life, it takes goals to win. <laughs> so... Oh, I miss that. We used to say that every Tuesday night before I go play hockey. That was our our little mantra. Yeah. Uh, Chris S saying it was good to see some fight there after being down three nothing. Next time, start stronger and give that kind of fight from the start. I completely agree. Um, and uh, yep. In other news, Josh Norris and Joe Pavelski are leading their respective teams in points. Uh and with that, I don't think there's a better time, and we're one we're one like short of it, so it's time for a wraparound. Have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. So let's get to this because it's it's gonna it's gonna be a rough one. Uh, Penguins over the Islanders four three in the shootout. Uh, the Penguins won a game. The Penguins won a game. They're six five and one. Huh. On the campaign, Barzal, go look it up online. Barzal had a sick goal for the Islanders in the losing cause uh, in that one. Uh, Panthers, take care of the Lightning 5-2. to two. Granted, Braden Point had two power play goals 
nothing there. Uh, Connor Verhage comes back to hunt his old team. As the Panthers are now 8-1-2 on the campaign, there are 18 points. They're only a point back of of the Lightning. Could we see an all-Florida playoff series come? We'll, we'll see about that. Uh, Can this- I just say real quick about Carter Verhage? That's the... He's the type of player that the Barracuda and the Sharks organization are filled with. But you hope that someone takes the trajectory that he has. Because he's a guy who was stashed in the ECHL by the Islanders. Fought his way to the AHL. Mm -hmm. To becoming the leading scorer in the AHL. To now having to winning the Stanley Cup last year with Tampa in a role in a you know a depth role but now he's got seven goals with the Panthers like boy if the Sharks just had a couple guys like that yeah. or who could perform like that they have plenty of guys like that but it's a matter of pushing through to that next level in Roy we trust Moving on, the Blue Jackets and Blackhawks played a wild 80s-style game as the Neon Buggers win 6-5 to five in this one. Uh, there were uh, six goals scored in the third period alone, uh, but the Blue Jackets get the victory in that one. Uh, we don't know if Lenny has been super glued to the bench uh, after that one. Uh, Nashville rebounds from a horrific loss to Tampa by beating the Red Wings 3-2. to two. Matt Duchesne uh, getting a goal on this one. The Jets, in the debut of, I believe it was the debut of Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, beat up on the Ottawa Senators 5-1. to one. Josh Norris, uh, his third goal of the year, uh, doing the only thing for Ottawa in this one. Ottawa 2-12-1. If this was a 82-game uh, season, they might be rivaling the Sharks 11-71-2. Uh, uh, the Oilers shut out Montreal three to nothing. I think I think the NHL is now starting to figure out what Montreal is now. Uh, they have been on a little bit of a decline on uh, as of late. Uh, Kyra, Nurse, and Barry, that means this for the second night in a row, McDavid and Dreisaitl don't get a goal. What? What? Who is this team? What's going on here? Mike? Yeah, and if you fo- if you missed the last episode of After Dark. Ian brought up this awesome stat that the Oilers hadn't won in regulation or just won at all, I think, without McDavid or Drysettle getting a point since 2017. So now, now suddenly they've done it twice in a row. Hey, you know what? The Oilers can trade McDavid to us then because he's clearly expendable. Hey, so uh, Tomas Schertl... Our first round pick in this year's draft in McDavid. And seven Barracuda players because we'll still have 22 left. There we go. Perfect. Uh, in Dallas, the Stars uh, lose 5-3 to three in this one. Uh, Pavelski gets his eighth on the power play, but unfortunately not enough for uh, the Stars to uh, get the victory against the Carolina, uh, Drew Weber's Carolina Hurricanes, I should say. In Vancouver... Brock Besser was the only goal scorer uh, that, and the Sharks lose their or Sharks. <laughs> the Canucks lose their sixth straight, three to one in. Uh, I believe that was Jacob Markstrom's return to Vancouver, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, that might be not. It's not his first time against Vancouver, but it might be his return to Vancouver. And and I believe Markstrom's two and zero against Vancouver uh, this season. So, yikes! Uh, in, in a surprising news, Max Comtois. Uh, arrived with a goal at 12:18 of the third period, and it ends up being the only goal as the Ducks lose to the Vegas Golden Knights. Or excuse me, the Ducks beat the Vegas Golden Knights one nothing. But we 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 will say this though, folks, and I unfortunately did not have this ready to go. The uh, Golden Knights decided to, uh, well, um, yeah. <laughs> The, the Golden Knights decided to go with a little bit of a fashion statement today. Uh, they break out. They did not. They Don't broke out. tell me what you are. They broke out gold chrome helmets tonight. It was a matter of time, Eric, because the Silver Knights busted out their silver chrome helmets last weekend. And... I, I don't understand why, but uh, people love those silver helmets of the of the Silver Knights. So, the Golden Knights, you know, it was a matter of a week, and now they suddenly have that too. All I'm going to say is I blame LA for having those in the last year's Stadium Series. <laughs> That's how it all started. But this is what I'm going to propose, and I, I will definitely Photoshop this up uh, by the weekend. The sharks need to have teal helmets with swimming sharks on them. I mean, or or better yet, all the players have a have a homage to Brian Hayward going forward. I I at this point we need to have that. I I think so. I mean, if we if if we're gonna get tacky with Nashville gold helmets and we're gonna go with gold chrome helmets at this point, let's just rip it off. I mean, let's have Kachina helmets and everything. I, I, I don't care if it's brought to you by Gila River Arena or not. Let's just go. I mean, let's just go crazy with it, right? Uh, the Sharks and Kings, of course. And let's let's not forget to mention uh, Drew Doughty with a three-point night. Nah, we can forget. Moving on. Okay. Uh, of course, more games uh, postponed. Capitals and Sabres, Devils and Flyers, Blues and Wild coyotes avalanche um you know and and let's be real here the nhl's in deep doo-doo i uh, yeah i mean it even came out today that or i think brody mentioned it today that uh there are certain plans in place just in case uh the teams that are going to go play in tahoe can't go so teams are on call now that being said, for those who are hoping that it's the Sharks that are getting the call, remember the Sharks have a two-game series on February 18th and 20th in St. Louis. So I don't know how you do how you might get out of that one, but I doubt it's the Sharks that are going to be playing in in that outdoor game. Oh man, I I'm just looking at four games postponed. And I'm surprised it isn't five, given the Vegas situation with another player. I'm surprised they got to play tonight. Yeah. I it can't al- believe it. It almost, and I, I, I hate to think this way, but it almost, you wonder if the NHL is like, 
please just play. We can't have yet another stain on the league. I would hope that's not the approach they're doing, but like they're getting they're getting close here. Well, the- There's a lot of teams that are currently suspended in operations. And, and it's it's bad. And it's and it's scary because Vegas played the Ducks. Those are the two next opponents for the Sharks. I mean, I I can't I mean, if if it gets worse for Vegas, do not get on that plane tomorrow for San Jose. Right. You Richard know? in the chat said the NHL is about to surpass the NFL for levels of stupidity for playing through the coronavirus. And that's something that came across my mind um, over the last week or so. But the NFL situation is a little bit different because their roster is more than twice the size of an NHL roster. And it it's starting to get into that same kind of territory as far as percentage of players being being uh, taken out by this thing. So I think the NHL is right there with the NFL, and that is very concerning. Yeah. I mean, it took them this long to get rapid testing. Uh, I thought for sure after what happened with Nosek and among other things, along with what happened in the AHL with the Barracuda, um, that the leagues would smarten up a little bit. Uh, Super chat from John, John uh, Jones blew about three of those tonight. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Agreed for sure. Yeah. What I was just going to say, because you mentioned, thank you, John, by the way, um, what I just wanted to say on the Barracuda situation, because I uh, did not get to around to mentioning it on in the reef with Nick Nolenberger. There's another plug. Um, was the Barracuda? I'm not going to say which player had the had the virus. I do know who it was. From what I have been told, it is believed to have been a false positive, and the player is back with the team. The the, the player that was involved was in Vegas when the team was in Tucson, but the player did rejoin the team and traveled to Texas for the series with the stars. Um, so it seems like the Barracuda did avoid, uh, a, a potentially bad situation and the sharks, obviously, because right. the sharks were doing transactions to and from the, the Barracuda roster right at that time. But it does appear to be a false positive. Um, I, I, can't confirm that but i know that the player has tested negative ever since that that positive test that day so um we seem to we seem to be in the clear on that for right now right um but that's that's all i wanted to let people know that but that's all i'll say on that and you can hear more about the san jose bear oh we have an intro for that oh barracuda more about the barracuda and ah, there's those cool downloads again check out <laughs> in the reef uh kevin did a podcast with barracuda play-by-play announcer nick nolenberger uh t- recapping everything that was going on with the sharks ahl minor league affiliate so check that out that is on our youtube channel as we speak so when you are not wanting to go to bed and you want to hear about the barracuda you tune on to it immediately after you finish watching this program for sure. And I'll yeah, go points. ahead and go ahead and have a look. I thought it was a fun show. We had a good conversation. Uh, Nick and I have continued to talk 
um, you know, privately the last the last little while. But it's the first time in almost 14 months since Nick was on in the reef. So it was really good to have him back. This episode was a little longer than the typical ones. I know the last one was an hour long, but uh, this one ran about 50 minutes because we just had so much to talk about. Um, generally we try to keep these, these shows to about 30 minutes so that they're more digestible. If you want to listen on your lunch break or, yes. or listen while you're making dinner or whatever, but feel free to check it out. Uh, leave, uh, comments at Teal Town USA and to me at Kevin Lacey 22, I'll be happy to field those. And, uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Cause like I said, it was, it was a fun conversation we had earlier that this evening. You definitely check that out at tealtownusa.com. All I have to ask is, Kevin, how much are you missing celebrating a goal? Well, my arms aren't up yet. So <laughs> I was trying to figure out how I want to answer that. I, I miss celebrating with my crew. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I miss. I miss sitting there in section 109 watching the games making fun of every possible thing we could and and then jumping up and celebrating with with my group that's that's what i i really do miss but hey um i'm happy hockey's back um i i'm with you like that you know uh i know sonia mentioned it on uh pregame about what team is going back to the tank and you know the high fives the camaraderie with friends and and such uh going into the shark store and seeing the things i shouldn't buy but i do anyways <laughs> you know uh and seeing aj just randomly <laughs> walk in and go hey yo and throw something at one of the employees and i'm that that literally happened by the way uh, uh, <laughs> in fact AJ <AJ's, laughs> i was like what aj just happened aj saying kevin misses cheap hot dogs and chucking pucks you know, Vlad Kotkov got uh, reassigned by the Sharks to his junior team last week. And the photo that they used, although I'm beheaded in the photo, <laughs> but the photo, you see me with this tray of like $4 hot dogs, four $1 hot dogs. Yeah, I remember that game. That was, uh, I had a lot of beer and a lot of food that night. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and, and even Laurel saying good evening to you, my dear. I always enjoy the games, even when I yell Bleh! all the time. Yeah, no, it's it's always fun, uh, and I miss the Shark Tank. It's always been a fun experience, and uh, you know, I I highly doubt we'll be able to get there this season, but you know, I I hope hope and pray that we're able to get back there next season. I have I have new shark pants that I'm waiting to un- unveil for when we get back to the tank. That's all I'm saying. So are they as flashy as those golden Knights helmets? Oh, you want to see the golden Knights helmets again? What? No, I really what? don't. What? Although I, do, I, think ah! they're actually better. I do think they're actually better than the, uh, the silver Knights helmets, but no, they're not. <laughs> they're not. No, because you know what is going to happen in Devos just says, see you guys in Seattle next season. I'm I'm excited. About I'm excited that. for the Kraken, but now I'm now I'm extremely worried about what the Kraken will do now. Will they have tentacles on their helmets? I mean, at this point, next. With that, we should get out of here. Uh, it's been fun. We hope we've distracted you from 
that nightmare of a game. Sharks lose 6-2 to to the Kings. They will play Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. Remember that, folks, 1 p.m. So you can't take your nap uh, after you work your long, hard shift at Safeway. Oh, that's me. My bad. So in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on teal10usa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Please hit that subscribe button to YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, always available at tealtownusa.com. Good, sir. Thank you. I know you've been doing a couple of of, uh, uh, shows, so I appreciate you jumping on, especially how crazy it was. Uh, So uh, your final thoughts and where the people can find you. My final thoughts are uh, if you ever want to listen to me complain about Martin Jones, this is probably the episode to do it. Because <laughs> as I as I mentioned, when I jump on, I don't complain about Martin Jones a whole heck of a lot. But tonight he gave me a lot to complain about. And it's frustrating. And, and yeah. he needs to step it up for Saturday's game because, you know, he's going to start Saturday. Mm-hmm. So he needs to put in a good performance because I don't. Think Coronash, Kojanash, sorry, Kojanash or Melnichuk are NHL ready yet. I'm at Kevin Lacey 22, and I will see you in the reef. He had to get one more promo in. You know what? I'm at Puckguy14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. I look forward to the Sharks wearing a jersey other than teal on Saturday. <laughs> Or other than white, excuse me. Uh, see, this whole road trip's got me all confused. Uh, but they will finally get to come home. Uh, Bugner did say that uh, Dubnik should be ready to go on Saturday. Oh! So that's interesting. We'll see what happens there uh, if needed. Uh, John, John, one more thing before we go. If this ever ends, are we having a meetup? Uh, well, the Chompversation will continue on Discord, of course. Uh, but uh, whenever we do get back out of the pandemic, uh, the tweet up will happen again because I think everybody misses everybody and it'll be fun to see familiar faces in Teal. So that'll do it for this one. We'll be back Saturday afternoon after the Sharks and Golden Knights for the home opener, we hope, for now. And until then, we'll see you on Discord. Keep it real. Keep it Teal. Keep it real Teal. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you Saturday afternoon.